Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are so grateful you're here. On this episode, we are listening to a teaching from our 2022 Women's Conference. The theme of this conference was Faith Over Fear. These ladies were challenged with surrendering our worries to God and given practical ways to live out their faith in their lives, even when fear and worry try to overcome us. We pray that you are blessed with this message and that God will impact your heart. Let's listen in. 18 years ago, the Lord brought me a friend that um, has been with me thick and thin, and I've been with her thick and thin, and you know her as, um, you have heard of Elf on the Shelf, right? She was, and she's gonna tell some of her story, but I'm gonna read her bio, and I had to go to her website, although I know a lot of these things. She's won so many awards that I couldn't even come, I couldn't remember all of them. But this is from her website. She's, Shanda Bell is an American author, entrepreneur, writer, director from Atlanta, Georgia, a self-described storyteller. She is the co-CEO and creative force behind the international consumer products and then entertainment company, the Lumistella Company. While she is best known for her role as the co-author of the perennial best-selling title, The Elf on the Shelf, A Christmas Tradition, and the author of Elf Pets franchise. She is also the managing partner in Big Canoe Entertainment and owner of the Lumistella Company subsidiary, Scout Elf Productions, where she serves as the executive producer. Her book continues to be on the nation's most prestigious bestsellers list, published by USA Today, Publishers Weekly, and the Wall Street Journal. She's been on numerous television shows, including Holiday Wars, Home and Family, The Today Show, various programs on MSNBC and CNN, been featured in Good Housekeeping, USA Today, and Parents Magazine, and has won numerous awards for creativity and business acumen and the likes of it. Um, The Small Business Administration, Moonbeam Children's Book Awards, iParenting, and Parents' Choice. But yes, that deserves applause. Y'all didn't know you had a celebrity in the house, did you? But she's the most humble, generous, strongest, solid Christian. And that supersedes any of this. I'm so proud of her for that. But I wanted, she spoke last year, but I wanted her, I asked her to come up. Come on, Shanda. Y'all give her a hand. Love her to, to pieces. And... Um, Yay. This is fun. Why didn't we do the fashion segment? Y'all, I'm, I'm worse at fashion than Jennifer. And I am literally like, why did we have to follow that? So I hope this is like in keeping with anything that's in. Yeah. Because I don't know. And I'm, I'm super horrible. sad they said animal prints going out. I know, I'm sorry. Okay, y'all, I had a hysterectomy over Christmas. And so I bought these oversized cheetah print sweats that I lived in for like, Three weeks, you saw them. You did, oh yeah, I saw them. And I, actually, my family showed up for Christmas and I was wearing those. And my brother-in-law's like, why are you wearing your pajamas? I'm like, oh, it's pajamas. But anyway, they're going out, so I'll have to, I'll be sad. I'll still wear them at home. Yeah, you'll be good, yes. you'll be good. All right, so let's get to it. You've had some challenges this year. 
that we're gonna get to. But first of all, I want you to start out kind of just briefly your testimony as far as when you accepted Christ and that kind of thing. Okay, well, first let me say how honored I am to, to be up here. And I probably turned like 80 shades of red when Jennifer was reading that. And sometimes I sit back and I'm like, I can't believe that's actually about me um, because we have worked so hard in pulling all this together and we'll share a little bit more about it. But um, as far as my faith journey, um, I grew up in a Christian household. I became a Christian at a very young age. I was actually baptized with my twin sister and my dad at about five years of age and have just had the greatest honor of growing up in um, a family where faith was practiced over fear. Um, we did not have a lot growing up. In fact, we had very, very little. Um, one of the stories that sticks out really was um, the time we, my sister and I called my dad and asked him to come home from work and take us out for a sandwich. And his version of the story was that when he got off the phone, he cried because he knew we didn't have enough money to afford a sandwich. And so, but what I do remember about my parents every single Sunday was them writing that check to give 10% um, and praying over it in the car on the way. And so I firmly believe now that my um, success at any part came from my parents' um, faith and from learning how to practice faith over fear, um, you know, really came from them. So I became a Christian at a very young age and have been really thankful to be able to walk alongside other Christians um, for my entire life, but that really came from my parents. So let's talk a little bit about starting writing your book. So she, when we first moved here to Grayson to start the church, we had known them from college ministry, but I was three years older. And, back, and you know, in college, three years older is like a million years. Um, but then when we moved here, they joined our little church. They were like the fifth family on board. Yeah, there were maybe 20 people total. Yeah, maybe 20 people. Yeah. So they've been with us since the beginning. And at the same time we were starting the church, she was writing her book. And so we had some similarities. Now they've way out blasted us, but go ahead, tell about the beginning and those challenges. Well, most people don't know that the Elf on the Shelf, the book that, that I wrote with my mom is based on our own family tradition. Well, people know that. But what they don't know is that we're not owned by Disney or Hasbro or anything else. No one would publish our book. So we ended up having to do it ourselves. And I told you guys, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but we didn't have enough any money when I graduated from college either. And we were, I mean, my husband and I's budget for every two weeks was for groceries was $150. And that was diapers, formula, Yeah, I everything. remember she came to my house crying one day yeah. because she had spent like $80 at the grocery store instead of 75 Yes, and my husband was very careful with yes. money. Very yeah. careful. You remember this? I remember. This. I yeah. remember. <laughs> so, um, you know, and oh, this is COVID. I don't can't remember what was the question. Starting your business. Yeah. So, um, and that's all part of my story too. But anyway, um, so most people don't know that we had actually had to start our own business, and we really had no money. We didn't know anybody with money. We didn't have experience at all. Um, I had my background was as a school teacher, so I had no business starting a business, and I certainly didn't know about printing and publishing and all the things that would become my life now. Um, but it was huge steps of faith. Nobody thought we could do it. Um, you know, all the so-called experts were like, you know, this book actually got a letter back. This book is destined for the damaged goods bin. 
And instead of letting that detour us, um, you know, my husband and I used our personal credit cards. And by the way, literally, I was a stay-at-home mom. He was a school teacher, still is. But literally, we needed like $23,000 to start this company. And no one had that kind of money, but we did have good credit. And so we ended up starting the business using our credit cards, which somewhere Dave Ramsey is like dying that I just said that. Um, But that's what we had to do. And um, we ended up starting the the business and believing in it more than what all the experts had to say. Um, And now we have 100 employees and everybody works for Santa Claus full time. And I've had all these opportunities to do amazing things. Um, But it is still owned, you know, by my sister and myself and... um, it really absolutely was an exercise of faith at every turn. Because if we weren't able to pay off those credit cards, somebody was going to jail and it was going to be me. Um, you know, and so that was sort of the start of really stepping out in blind faith and taking risks that seemed ridiculous um, to the world. But my mom, my sister, and I knew that this is what we are called to do. And when my husband jumped on board and said, yes, you can use our personal credit cards to do this, I knew in that moment that actually was an answer from God, that this is what we were supposed to be doing. And so um, that's a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. I hope that's I helpful. remember that the first year, they had enough money to get 5,000 books. Yeah. And we sold them out of our trunks. No yes. joke. Like no, we did. She, we, she was going to all our, I taught school then. Yes. She would have book readings in our classrooms and then she had a book signing at Greystone and they sold out. And yes. then she's like, okay, next year we need 15,000. Do you think we can afford, do you remember that? Yeah. And so, you know, my sister and my mom and I all worked for completely for free. And we were broke, um, but worked completely for free for three years, just putting all the money back into the company so that we could buy more. Like my, my sister came from QVC and so she was like, don't leave a void, don't leave a void. Pretend you're bigger than you are. We all had alter egos when we answered the phone. I was also <laughs> Louise, which is my middle name. You would call the office and it's like, well, who would you like to speak with? Well, I met Louise at the show. Oh, one moment, she's, she's in the back. Hello, this is Louise. <laughs> but that's really what we had to do. It's hilarious. Okay, so now most of us know that... Um, the Elf on the Shelf, her book went crazy. They'd have it a balloon and a float in Macy's State Parade, which Jonathan, if he's on the, or is he still on the wall or not? He is, yeah, he's famous. So at, Jonathan got to carry the balloon one year, um, and so the stream that goes in their office is him in an elf suit carrying the balloon. Yeah, he made, he made national news, though. Like, Jonathan's famous. Yeah, he's famous yeah. in the elf outfit. Yeah. Um, Lots of things. Now they have, she has, she wrote and produced these beautiful um, animated elf. Have any of y'all seen the animated specials on Netflix? So they're on Netflix. Yeah, go home and watch them and help us trend. Elf pets or elf story, either one. Elf story, either one. She's got all this thing going, like things are clicking. They survived the COVID as far as the shutdown and all of that. And then you had a surprise in July of this year. Tell us a little bit about that. Wow. Um, so in July of this year, actually July 12th, it was my 24th wedding anniversary. Um, I am getting a test so that I can go to the Bahamas. Um, you know, you got to test, be clear. And I test positive for COVID. Ten days later, I end up in the emergency room in ICU 
um, with double pneumonia. And while there, and of course, I'm the whole time like, that's not gonna happen to me, right? Um, I didn't have anything that I knew about going into all of this, so I thought I would be fine. It hits me with a migraine first. That keeps me bedridden. Then into the hospital with double pneumonia. It was a whole, I have so many stories. But um, while I'm in the hospital, um, in ICU, um, bless these people, someone passed away um, and I overheard the nurses talking about it. And I end up um, having a severe, have never had this before in my life, but a severe panic attack to the point I don't know what's happening. I can't breathe. I'm already fighting pneumonia, right? And I, I remember just the wheezing and the like shaking. Um, just didn't know what was happening to me in that moment. And so um, after that, I ended up getting um, diagnosed with PTSD. And then from there, and again, I know so many people have it worse. And so I just, I wanna say that, that I feel really blessed that God was not finished with me yet. Um, but I ended up with, and am now fighting long haul COVID um, for any of you that have heard about that. But um, terrible brain fog. I'll forget what I'm talking about. Um, I know I don't know stuff. I know I don't know words, but I can't remember them, um, which makes it really hard for a writer. And so I'm still out of work, have not been back, um, and have an awesome team in place that's carrying the torch for me. Um, I've lost hearing in my right ear. So if you wanna talk to me, talk in my left. Um, I have swollen lymph nodes under my arm. It was just thing after thing after thing. And many of it coming about, you know, months or weeks after um, the experience. And so I would have never dreamed that that's where I would have been. Um, but a lots of good have, has also come from it. Jennifer has been right there with me, um, both of us on our journey, because it was a tough year. You know, she's dealing with her parents, her daughter's getting married, it's all the stuff. And then her best friend is like, um, I'm yeah, in the she, hospital. I think I texted you well, from Well, she texted me the from ER. the emergency room. Yeah. And then, the, then we FaceTimed once she got a room. We did? Yes. I do not, COVID, and then, I do not remember. Then it went silent. I didn't hear from her for like 48 hours. Yeah. And I'm texting and calling her husband. He's the most precious man there is, but he does not reply. He is no longer my emergency yeah, contact. I, I told her, I said- He it, is the best. Like I have the best husband, but it's gotta be Jennifer or my sister I said, or listen, there's gonna be a the revolt. The next time you go to the hospital, which hopefully you won't, yeah, hopefully put me not. down. <laughs> yes, she's not no. kidding. But what happened was he, I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't know where I was or what was happening, but. I had gone to get CAT scans or something test-wise, and he filled out all the paperwork. So I was like, they never asked me anything. So Jennifer was like, next time, I am your contact. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But it was a scary, it was a scary time for her. It was a scary time for their family. Um, but what, one of the things that was great for me is- I know what you're gonna say. You know. Yeah. So she became sick leave Shanda. I, I love sick, sick leave Shanda. Because we yeah. get to hang out. You know, she was always traveling and busy and we would talk on the phone and catch up but wouldn't get to spend time together. But now, like we go to lunch every week. We, yeah. We talk, we talk on the phone. Sick leave Shanda is definitely more like available and more thoughtful. Like it's not that I didn't wanna be thoughtful before, but I mean, I was working 80 to 100 hours a week and just, you know, driving this company forward. And I know you guys can relate to that. Um, I'm able to do a lot really quickly. And then all of a sudden, all of that came crashing down. 
So I had to first rebuild my health and I thought that's all there was gonna be to it. And it was so much more than just rebuilding my health. I also have a teenage daughter and a son in college and there was just a lot going on in everyone's life. And so then I had to rebuild my role in my family and because I had checked out. I mean, I was sleeping 18 hours a day. And um, so I had to rebuild all that. I had to do what was best um, for my daughter and um, ended up having to move her to a Christian school and she's loving it. She's doing um, just great there. Um, you know, but it was just the all the things. in the middle of all yeah. that, so in the middle of all that, you um, decided to lead a mother-daughter Bible study. Yeah. So she literally had 30 women at her house every Tuesday, 30 mom, I mean, 15 moms, 15 kids. Yeah, about teenage 32. Teenage girls sharing the gospel, pouring life into them as she's recovering. Like what motivated you to do that? So um, Jennifer knows this, but I had just felt like my precious daughter, 15, y'all know what that's like if you're either raising or a child or you've been there. But um, I just felt like she was not surrounded by, um, she wasn't surrounded by faith, a, a network of faith. She never had the same kind of friends I had growing up. I had my youth group friends, I had church friends, I had my twin sister that believed the same thing I did. Like I had a network. And what I was finding is that my daughter did not have a network and couldn't seem to find one. And I see you guys shaking your head, but. I had felt personally like our high school, this community that we had bought into and been in for 25 years became really spiritually dead. There wasn't an FCA, there wasn't even a young life. And if there was, no one knew about it. Um, there was no one for her to date that shared her values. And what I found was that her bar was really low. And so she herself was making good choices. She'd be like, well, mom, I'm not vaping. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not having sex. I'm not, but I'm like, but that's not our bar. Our bar is here. And so in order to, to have something that was going on that was faith-based in our community, because I couldn't even find a youth group that was right there for her. Thankfully we have this, but it was 25 minutes away for us. Um, but now we're driving to Oconee <laughs> um, because it's just a great fit for her. But we needed that group of friends for her. But I ended up starting a Bible study with um, several of the moms that I knew that were believers who were feeling exactly the same way about their daughters. And so um, thankfully they have all committed and it has been a blast. My whole goal is the funnest Bible study these kids have ever been to. So the first one, moms dragged them, but now I'm constantly, I get texts all the time. Can so-and-so come to the Bible study? So-and-so, my friend wants to come. Um, and at first I think my daughter was like, oh no, here we go again, because I'm like an energizer. I like to make things happen, you know, and now she's like, mom, we're still having, even when she went to the new school, mom, we're still having Bible study, right? And I was like, thank you, Jesus. So um, got the chance to answer that call. Jennifer came and spoke, um, but she knew what I was talking about. When, once you were there, you saw it firsthand. Yeah. I mean. So I think the question we're gonna close with is, what, how would you sum up faith over fear? Whew. Having faith when you're afraid, yeah. having the courage to take that step when you know God's calling you to do it, even if you don't see the future? I think two things came to mind in thinking of that. I'm super practical and I like, like steps to follow. Um, so I think the first thing that, that I thought of when we talked about that was that Indiana Jones movie 
when, um, for those of you that are my age and maybe slightly younger, but the Sean Connery one, when they're looking for the Holy Grail, and there's that moment where, you know, it's the penitent man shall pass and he has to duck under, but the second part of the thing, one of the things he has to go through to find the Holy Grail is there's this moment where there's this giant gorge and he has to step out in faith, but what he can't see is there's actually like a camouflage bridge right there. And he literally takes a step of blind faith. Um, and so I just, through all of these things that I've gone through, whether it was starting the business or putting it all on the line again to do animated specials or whether it was this last round of COVID and what that meant to our families, it's not being afraid to put that one step in front of the other. You don't have to leap, you don't have to dive off, but you do have to put one foot in front of the other. And the other thing that really came to mind, and this is just my go-to scripture, and I really encourage you guys to memorize this one, uh, but it's Romans 10, 17, if you're a note taker. Um, but it's faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And when I was unable to, because of the brain fog and all of the things I was going through specifically with COVID, um, I really, for the first time in my life, had a hard time even like reading the word, um, praying, and that is not me. Like God and I, we just talk all the time. And I just couldn't, I, I couldn't find it. I didn't want that. And that was crazy to me. Um, but hearing the word of God. So it became podcast. It became Christian music. It became, you know, anything I could, friends that would just speak the truth into me. Um, I had an app that would like read the Bible in a pretty English accent. Um, so it was just hearing the word. And that's what restored my faith. But the Bible is very clear that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So if, if there's nothing else that appeals to you from anything that we have to say, it's just keep hearing the word of God. Th those are simple things to do. Um, and as you do that, you'll be able to, I believe, to take bigger steps of faith. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Yes. It was awesome. Thank you. Sick leave Shanda loves you, Jennifer. Sick leave Shanda's the best. But Aww, anyway, all right. Thank you. Y'all, let's Y'all, thank her you so much. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to stay updated on the dates for our next women's conference, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. For more messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to go to our website, greystonechurch.com.